Welcome to the American Concrete Pavement Association's podcast series. Now, here's Tom Olson with Olson Construction Law. Welcome, contractors, to the podcast today. We're going to talk about late utility relocation. That's an important topic that uh, really is so important to address and come up with a strategy to somehow manage it differently insofar as it's an all-too-regular part of construction projects. My name is Tom Olson. I'm the principal of Olson Construction Law. Um, I represent contractors around the country on highway-heavy related construction issues, something I've been doing for more than 36 years. So without further ado, let's talk about how do we manage late utility relocation more effectively. So what can we say about late utility relocation? Well, some things in life are inevitable. We can prolong the approach of death, but we cannot prevent it. We can complain about taxes, but we still have to pay them. But what about late utility relocation? Is that inevitable too? You know better than anyone that late utility relocation is one of the most common problems for highway heavy contractors. So it may seem inescapable that there's nothing that you can do. And in fact, that's not true. There are steps that I'm going to provide you today on how to either prevent a late utility relocation, how to minimize it, and or if it occurs, how to get paid for it. I've got a, a very good understanding of this on a state-by-state -state level, having done a, uh, an investigation and analysis of this in order to determine what each of the laws in each state, state say with regard to late utility relocation. So my talk today is informed by that and recognize that I analyzed the state laws at a particular point in time and they may have changed since then. But in any case, this will give you a good starting place. So the first issue is, how can I avoid late utility relocation? How do I get those darn things relocated timely in order that my iron isn't sitting idle or otherwise working inefficiently and less productive? Well, we understand in order to get timely utility relocation, we need to get the utilities relocated ahead of or concurrent with the commencement of the contractor's work. Of course, that is not normally what occurs. In fact, Federal Highway did a study of this and determined the most common cause for extra costs on highway heavy projects is late utility relocation. So what can contractors do to avoid the delays associated with late utility relocation? Well, the easiest way to avoid these delays and the resulting costs is to get the utilities relocated timely. But how do you do that? As a practical matter, this is a difficult issue because contractors do not have contractors with utility companies. And in terms of trying to get the utility companies to react on a timely basis, that is difficult. As a God-fearing person, when I look at the hierarchy of life, I look at God and above God are utility companies and above utility companies are railroads. So if God ain't listening to your prayers about utility relocation, utility companies are not if you keep doing the same thing. So what can you do differently? As a starting point, it's important to understand that if you are on a federally financed DOT project, notwithstanding that the contract says that the contractor is responsible for utility coordination, in fact, that is not true. As a matter of federal law, the DOTs, the Departments of Transportation, not you, are required to manage utility relocation and to ensure that that takes place on a timely basis. So again, if you take nothing away from this presentation today other than this, with regard to federally financed 
DOT projects, notwithstanding what the contract says by way of the standard specifications, it's the DOT, not you as a contractor, that is responsible to ensure timely relocation. And if it doesn't, it's the DOT, not you, that should be responsible to pay for the related extra costs. So what can you do on projects that are not federally financed DOT projects? City, county, state projects, and state projects where they're not federally financed. The tool that I'm going to give you that's not used, but it, I found it's the one way to get a different result by doing something different is this. Utilize the franchise easement agreements that were originally executed by the public owners at the time that they gave the right to utilities to place the utilities where they are. How does this work? When you are read low and a contract signed, but before you go to the pre-con, what you do is this. You reach out to the engineer on behalf of the owner and you ask for a copy of all of the easement and or franchise agreements that were generated in connection with the utility companies that have utilities that are shown within the uh, area of which the project's being performed. You request that, you get copies of those, and you review those. And why are those utility agreements, franchise agreements so important? Because typically they include the following language. First, they create a right for the owner to request utility relocation. Two, those agreements typically provide that the utility relocation must occur within a stated period of time. And three, many of them provide that if utility companies fail to relocate within that time period specified, that the utility company is responsible to pay for the related extra construction contract costs. This is gold in terms of a tool that's neither known by owners or engineers or contractors, and as a consequence of not being known, nobody's utilizing them. So you get a hold of those agreements from the engineer, you review them, you determine what rights that you have or rather the owner with regard to requesting utility relocation. And before you go to pre-con, you meet with the engineer, you go through those, and then at the pre-con, you have the engineer communicate those requests pursuant to the rights that are set forth in these agreements to the utility companies as a means to obtain timely utility relocation. And if and to the extent that they don't, and the agreements provide for a right for you as a contractor to get paid for the related uh, extra construction costs, to exercise those rights pursuant to these agreements. Again, if you don't hear anything more out of what I'm saying today, that's the one effective means that I found based upon 36 years of dealing with utility-related problems on highway heavy construction projects for contractors to get utility relocation done on a timely basis, very important. If I can't get relocation done on a timely basis, or otherwise it's not a federally financed DOT project, where the DOT, not the contractor, should be responsible for the utility relocation. What else might I do if the utility relocation is not timely? Well, one thing that you can and should look to do is determine whether or not you have a right to wait to mobilize to the job site until all of the utility conflicts are resolved by way of relocation. The opportunity is, under a lot of contracts, uh, you've got a right to do that, and if, in fact, you've got other work that you can and should be doing rather than having your iron sitting idle on this job or otherwise having to have your iron work more inefficiently by jumping around utilities that are not timely relocated, this is an important step to consider doing. Whether you can and should wait to mobilize to the job site until the utilities have all been relocated is not a clear question. In other words, 
state laws and contract provisions are neither uniform nor necessarily clear on whether a contractor can wait to mobilize until all utilities are relocated. Given this, before you decide whether to work elsewhere until all utility conflicts are resolved by way of relocation, you should examine the applicable law and relevant contract provisions. I recommend that you have someone help you do this for three reasons. First, the relevant language may be set forth in statutes or regulations, so if you're looking at the contract, you are not likely to find it. Second, it can be sometimes difficult to know which provisions of the contract, statute, or regulation apply. Third, even once you figure out the applicable provisions, they can be sometimes difficult to understand or interpret. Now, once you are able to sort out the statutory, regulatory, and contractual rights, if you believe you are permitted to wait to mobilize until all utilities are relocated, make sure you communicate your understanding and the contractual, statutory, and or regulatory basis for that understanding in writing to the engineer. You should then seek written agreement from the engineer before you proceed. Your goal should always be to get the engineer to form the right view initially, rather than trying to change the wrong view later, and to have full agreement on your right to a time extension, including your right to wait for full utility relocation before you begin work. That's a procedural option that at least based upon my experience, contractors do not carefully examine, because again, particularly if you have work elsewhere where you can have your iron working there rather than sitting idly or working inefficiently on the job site, that's an important tactical step to examine. The reality is you're not always going to be able to either ensure that somebody else is responsible for the utility relocation, that is the DOT on federally financed projects, or even utilize the easement and or franchise agreements that still might not result in timely utility relocation. So the question then is, whether and to what extent you have a right to get paid for extra costs incurred as a result of late utility relocation? Well, the answer depends upon the state in which you are working as well as the contract. Some states have created a legal basis for payment of these extra costs. And even if your state has not created such a right, you still may have a right to obtain payment. The first place is to look at is this. Some state specifications expressly provide that the project owner shall pay the extra costs incurred as a result of late utility relocation. Some states have created the contractual basis whereby the Department of Transportation shall pay for late utility relocation. These states include Florida, Idaho, Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio, Oklahoma, Oregon, and Virginia. And since it is common practice for counties, cities, and other governmental entities to incorporate DOT specifications by reference, the scope of this and other payment rights and obligations that are set forth in the DOT specs may extend beyond DOT projects. Similarly, Indiana's legislature has created a statutory payment right on its DOT projects. Other states have created a contractual payment obligation on their DOT projects, albeit a more uncertain one. These states include California, Maine, Arizona, Nevada, New Mexico, and Washington. These states may pay for late utility relocation, albeit dependent upon the factual circumstances. In addition, some states' regulations, as opposed to the contract specifications, expressly provide that the utility company, as opposed to the DOT, shall pay the extra costs incurred as a result of late utility relocation. For example, Iowa and Wisconsin 
have created the regulatory basis on DOT projects for utility companies to pay the extra costs incurred as a result of late utility relocation. In these states, contractors should have a right to obtain payment since this right has been legislatively created. Again, the important part about this to recognize is that right would not be set forth in the contract. So in order to determine whether or not you would have a right to get paid for late utility relocation on account of regulations that have been established by the state, you'd have to look outside of the contract. In order to do that investigation, I encourage you to speak with an attorney that should be able to assist you in finding them. Very important. You want to have that um, evaluated and have that information posted and made available for all of your PMs on your projects as well as your soups. Some state and county laws may also express that the project owner should pay the extra costs incurred as a result of late utility relocation if the utility was not accurately shown in the contract document. Some states provide that its Department of Transportation should pay for late utility relocation extra costs if they arise in connection with utilities either not shown or accurately shown in the contract documents. So in other words, if the failure is because the utility is not shown in the plans, then you've got what's essentially or been recognized in certain states as a basis to get paid for late utility relocation. These states include Illinois, Kansas, Alabama, Maine, Missouri, Nevada, and Rhode Island. Again, with the right to get paid in these states arising not under the express contract terms, but by way of a law that's been passed by the state legislature in order to determine whether and to what extent you'd have a right to get paid for late utility relocation under these circumstances, you know, I really encourage you reach out to a contractor, rather reach out to an attorney and get that information. Once you pay for that information, you should not have to pay for it again. You've got available and then you know, if I'm doing a project within this state, you can know whether or not you have a right to get paid for late utility relocation. Very, very important. And again, you might say, well, I don't wanna pay for the cost of an attorney to do that. A couple of thoughts on that. One, I encourage my clients on a regular basis when they bid projects to include something like $5,000 in their contract for uh, attorney fees. Including that amount of money is rarely gonna result in you not being low on a project. And secondly, that can allow you as a matter of standing operating procedure to utilize the attorney at the front end in order to manage issues in order that you can get them resolved as they should be at the outset. The owner may also have a obligation to pay extra costs incurred as a result of late utility relocation on the basis of express or implied contract clauses that should apply although it's not identified as being applicable on the basis of being a utility-related clause. You may work in a state that currently does not have a statute regulation or utility-related contract provision expressly requiring either the owner or the utility company to pay for late utility relocation, or you have a statute that expressly provides that it will not require an owner to pay for late utility relocation. For example, some DOT specs expressly provide that they will not pay for late utility relocation related extra costs. They include Alabama, Arkansas, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, 
Georgia, Illinois, Kansas, Kentucky, Maryland, Mississippi, Louisiana, Missouri, Nebraska, New Hampshire, North Carolina, Montana, North Dakota, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Rhode Island, Vermont, and West Virginia. So the question is, if, if you've got either a state that doesn't provide a law that would purport to allow you to get paid, or otherwise you would live in one of these states or working in a project in one of these states that expressly provides it will not pay the late utility relocation related extra costs, do you still have a potential basis to get paid? The answer is yes. I'm gonna go through a few scenarios under which you should examine the potential for getting paid. The first scenario is where you encounter a utility line not shown or accurately shown in the plans. Whether you learn about this from the uh, one call or, or otherwise during construction thereafter, if you are delayed by relocation as a result of a utility line not disclosed or accurately disclosed in the plans, you may have a right to reimbursement for the related extra cost. In the states that do not provide for a right to get paid for such, your focus should be as a matter of contract, not on late utility relocation, but rather on the utility not being shown accurately or shown at all in the contract documents. Your focus then should be to utilize the rights that you have for payment under the, the differing site conditions clause. I've had success with doing that on projects where there's not a right to get paid for late utility relocation under the terms of the contract otherwise. Contractors, I've been able to assist getting paid by treating the issue as arising under the differing site conditions clause. A second scenario where you might get paid is where the utility is shown in the plans, but the engineer does not anticipate that it will conflict with project work. As a consequence, there is no utility relocation planned for this, either by the engineer or the contractor. The contractor does not learn about the conflict until it starts work, if relocation is necessary, and at that point, project-related costs are inevitable. When this occurs, you can seek recovery on the same contractual basis as discussed above, by asserting that the utility must be in a location different than shown or otherwise anticipated, otherwise there would not be a conflict. Assuming that project work cannot be performed unless the utility is relocated, you then seek payment on the basis of this being a differing site condition and therefore proceed under the differing site condition clause. Again, the key here is rather than looking at the issue as a matter of contract under a utility related clause, instead looking at under the differing site condition clause. Again, I've had good experience with this assisting contractors. A third scenario is where the engineer forgets to notify the utilities of the need for relocation or fails to use due diligence in doing this. Again, like you, I'm sure you've seen this happen too much. In this situation, if the engineer does not agree to pay for the extra costs incurred as a result of late utility relocation, the owner may be liable for breach of one of various duties that are implied as part of the contract. You may also have the same basis for recovery if the owner engineer knows of or should have known of the need for relocation but fails to act during the design phase. Various contract clauses include that while the owner would not normally be responsible for the extra costs incurred because of actions or inactions of a third party such as a utility company, if the owner is negligent in connection with that, 
the owner may still be liable to pay for those extra costs. And again, I've seen happen too often that the reason there is an issue for late utility relocation is the owner was negligent during the design phase of coordinating and determining whether and to what extent there was a need for utility relocation. In conclusion, while death and taxes are inevitable, if you prepare properly, late utility relocation does not have to be. If they are federally financed DOT projects, the DOT, not you as a contractor, should be responsible as a matter of federal law to manage utility relocation and ensure that it occurs on a timely basis. Secondly, for projects that are not federally financed DOT projects, you have a key tool to prevent or otherwise minimize late utility uh, relocation related delay by seeking out and obtaining franchise and easement agreements prior to the pre-con, identifying what rights are contained therein to have the engineer request utility uh, relocation, have that request to be performed within a stated period of time, and if and to the extent they provide therein, as many do, for you to get paid for late utility relocation related costs. You want to get those easement and or franchise agreements before the pre-con, go through those with the engineer, and then at the pre-con have the engineer utilizing those agreements to make requests on behalf of the owner for that relocation pursuant to the terms and conditions that are set forth in those easement and franchise agreements. When delayed utility relocation does occur, notwithstanding efforts that you undertake by way of utilizing those franchise and uh, easement agreements, for you to recognize that you may have various grounds, be they contractual, regulatory, or statutorily, to get paid. The key is getting educated on what those rights are, and I recommend to you that you have a flowchart prepared, as I've done for other contractors, to indicate, for example, if I'm doing a DOT job, what are the, what are the specifications provide therein? If I'm doing a project that, that in this particular state, what are the statutory or regulatory rights that relate to my right to get paid for that? The beauty is you pay for that work to be done once, you'll have a roadmap in place for you to know, one, how to avoid or minimize late utility related uh, extra costs, and two, if they occur, uh, what my rights are to get paid, and to the extent that you have those rights, to then be in a position to timely exercise those in order that you get paid and you get paid on a cooperative basis on the job site, otherwise avoiding the alternative where either you don't get paid or you're fighting in court, which is as a lawyer, something I never advocate for you to do. Thank you for the opportunity. Hopefully I provided an effective roadmap for you as it relates to a utility relocation. Thank you.